All right, all right, all right. I know this is going to sound a little different. Ayo, why is it just Arden just now? Why it doesn't sound like they're a core creative space? Trust the vision. I got you. I got you. What doesn't change is DJ Turtleneck coming through. Yeah. Let me get it. Let me get it. I'm a little tired, but it's all right. I got to, you know what I'm saying? I got to create my own vibe. Got to create my own energy with your DJ. Sir. I gotta get to it, baby. I'm at the crib. The neighbors gonna hear me. I don't care. Juice World, we love you and we miss you, baby. Let's get it. Juice World, we love it. We miss you, man. Been on my mind heavy this week. God damn, bro. Not you, man. We needed you, baby. But we gonna honor you right. For real. You ain't no stand with me tonight. Yeah. I can't turn it off before my favorite part of the song comes on. So this rock with me. Hey, hey, Juice, tell him. Oh, I'm a Chicago baby. Oh, we get bloody and gory. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Folks, what's going on? Welcome to a new episode of the Foresight Podcast. This is Arden talking to you by his lonesome. I'm recording this from the crib right now. That's right. I'm recording this from the crib on Saturday, December 14th. Um, the reason why this is happening, episode 101 of the Foresight Podcast, is because the guys were supposed to meet up today, being Saturday, and record without me because I had already let them know in advance that I wasn't going to make it because I have 
plans. <laughs> I have plans for this entire Saturday. Um, that revolves around my Brant Lake family. So I'm going to be away for really this entire day, along with a little bit of tomorrow, because I'll be out in New Jersey hanging with my Brant Lake family, making sure this event goes all right. So they were supposed to meet up this week, but uh, even though they gave it a try, they just wasn't able to make it happen. So it's all good. We'll be back at it next week for what should be a very, very, very great episode. Our end of the year roundtable. We got a couple of special guests, folks, whose musical opinions we trust so much. Plus, they're good friends of the show. So I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. As always, follow us on social media at Pod. Make sure you're checking us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Read our work, medium.com slash at Rights. By the end of this coming week, I should have a new interview up, um, a piece that you guys will really enjoy. I'm very confident in that. And as always, um, thank you guys. Once again, regardless if you're a first-time, multi-time, or last-time listener, thank you so much for hopping on board, joining the Foresight family, and supporting us on our path to success. Um, this is going to be a mini-sode, in case I haven't said it. Again, I'm at the crib. I need to start getting ready for this day-long event. And an episode just had to be done this week. An episode just had to be done. Um, definitely didn't want to re-upload another punching episode. You know, I, did, I gave you, we gave you guys two re-releases of the latest punchins. So if you want to see some punching episodes, make sure you check out our latest one featuring Jihad, and definitely check out the previous ones with uh, Daniel Carr, Stillion, and Casket D. We have a couple of new punching episodes coming. Over the next couple months, uh, they should be shot uh, by the end of the year. So hopefully Gianni and I could get together and, I, and make that happen. But for this episode, again, this is dedicated to Juice World. Uh, in case you somehow didn't know this, uh, last Sunday, Juice World was uh, pronounced dead because he passed away from a seizure, for what was a fatal seizure. Uh, at a Chicago airport following his early morning flight from California. Um, earlier last week, Juice World had turned 21 years old. And the reports had just been coming out that Juice World and his crew had quite a few things on board that may have been a no-go. And his pilot called uh, law enforcement and they came by. They were ready to search the, the airplane and things like that. And apparently Juice World took a bunch of perks and that was very responsible for his uh very sudden death um again he was only 21 years old that's been the latest reports and stories about that really and let me just say once again on behalf of the foresight family again thoughts and prayers to juice world his family his fans his friends his entire team interscope all that stuff because it's just so sad, man. And it made me think a lot, you know, last Sunday and really throughout the week. And let me really just start by saying this, though. Um, to the younger rap fans out there, you know, those that are in high school to in college, right? So we're talking at 21, 22. Uh, I'm going to say to, to them. Uh, I'm really with you guys here, for real. Uh, I, I support you guys throughout this hard time. Um, I'm definitely not going to be one of the older rap fans that 
look at you and try to minuscule you and make you feel bad for feeling the way you're feeling about Juice World's uh, sudden passing. Because my generation and those older would definitely feel the same way as you right now if one of our favorites or artists we really connected with just suddenly passed. I mean, I guess to an I guess to two very big extents, you guys saw that, you know, when, when Mac Miller passed away and when Nipsey passed away. But I'm riding with you guys. And that's something too that I'll say to if you're an older rap fan, right, whether you're around my age at twenty six or older you shouldn't be out here trying to make fun of the younger rap fans for going through what they go through. Like, if you really think about it for, again, the younger rap fans over the last couple years, these fans that are, again, high school age to, to prime college years, they've taken some hits, man. For real, and, and I don't say that in a joking matter either. They have taken some hits over the last two years, right? So we start thinking, right? Mac Miller was around my age, so folks around my age and older could relate with him and feel like he was one of ours, but so can the younger fans. So you have Mac, but then you really think about guys like uh, XX Tacion, 20 years old when he passes away, Lil Peep, 21, you know, then you got Juice World, 21. And when you got all of these acts that these fans resonate with so much, and they resonate with to the point where I would say it goes beyond fanship. It goes beyond being a stand. It's it's worship. It's it's really resonating with an artist whose music is helping you get through your life. You dig what I'm saying? Because a lot of these guys, the the triple X's, the Juice Worlds, the Lil Peeps, the Trippy Reds, or whoever, they make a lot of this. Yeah, what folks like to call emo music, but it's a lot of emotional music that is very triggering and is very relatable to life that these guys can really relate to and understand, right? The same way for me, Arden, that an artist like Drake can really resonate with me when I feel like we can relate due to certain things he's talking about in the songs. It's really like that for those younger fans that I've been mentioning and really to a deeper extent because they pop out to every show that these guys host. They'll defend them with all their honor online and in person. And I remember, I think it was a couple episodes ago, maybe with uh, Everything Omega when we had her on the show. And I think it was talking about, I think we were talking about Summer Walker and everything with Summer Walker and the fans. It goes back to what I said during that conversation, too. Like, you can't really blame fans to the extent that your music is saving their lives. You know, especially for this younger generation, right? We see it all the time online with this younger generation struggling with anxiety, struggling with their mental health, struggling with suicidal thoughts, struggling with just, you know, acceptance from family and friends and et cetera and et cetera. So these guys, again, the Juice Worlds, the Triple X's, the Lil Peeps, the Trippy Reds, uh, Lil Pump, whoever, I'm being completely serious here, they are able to help create the soundtracks that help them find the answer to discovering themselves along with anything else. So once again, please make sure you're not being a hypocrite trying to uh, jump on these fans and make fun of them. Stop. And another part to this, to this, you know, conversation surrounding Juice World's passing is I know a lot of folks want to talk about old oh, OGs, the older folks or whatever in hip hop need to be talking to the younger generation. I agree with that to an extent, but I don't think it's ultimately on the older generation to talk to the younger generation. Uh, I'll harken back to my decade-long experience of being someone that works with kids, and I've worked with kids 
in various positions, right? So I could tell you right now from being a camp counselor to a babysitter to a private trainer to a substitute coach to whatever you could think of that's in the right role of working with kids, I've done it. For as much as most of the time uh, my voice or our voices do carry a lot of weight and, and it does spark change, from time to time our voices don't do nothing. <laughs> like sometimes in those moments for those kids the biggest voice to hear from is their peer straight up and i think for what hip-hop is in right now for this position for those younger acts for those younger fans the voice of reasoning has to come from a younger voice right so Folks see Trippy Red denounce drugs, uh, drug usage, or oh, well, pill usage, or whatever, on his Instagram, and folks begin to make fun of him. I saw the other day Little Pump does the same thing. And it's like, why are you doing that? If we're trying to spark change and we're trying to find the folks that could really connect and resonate with this particular audience in hip hop, it needs to be those guys. Just because we're older and maybe more knowledgeable doesn't mean that we can tell them what to do or the fact that we will be successful and resonating with, with them, you know? And that's really one of the biggest things about communication with people. It's not often what you say, it's how you say it. You dig what I'm saying? It's not often what you say, it's how you say it. And I think for older folks, they may know what to say for the most part because some folks do be coming terribly with the, with the takes, but how they can do it? Nah, man, it's... The, the execution for how to say something wouldn't be the same as what to say. So I really do believe, you know, if, if Trippy Red, Lil Pump, and whoever else is coming out and they're taking a stand, you know, against the, the pill usage and trying to flip that narrative and to really cause a positive change following Juice World's unfortunate death, then by all means, they need to be championed. Maybe that's something that the older generation can do. Or even myself included, you know, again, I'm only 26, but again, even these younger rappers... They're, what, maybe f at least four years younger than me. So I could definitely do my part in championing them. So regardless if Trippy Red falls through on his promise to Little Pump or whoever, just know Arden from Forside, and, and I feel like Wills, AK, Gianni, and Taylor, I feel like they would be on the same boat as me. We are going to champion these guys for at least attempting to cause change. And I really believe this is one of those moments where it has to be on them to create that change. Point blank period. It has to be on them to create that change. The younger folks have to understand when one of their own speak, they must listen. Because they know what you're going through. Just because us older folks have been in your position before in terms of being the age, it doesn't mean that we've dealt with those same circumstances. And that's real. Because again, when you think about what these younger fans have gone through in recent years, like I've said, they're seeing the depths of prominent musical figures in their lives you dig what i'm saying like freaking like i said juice world triple x lil peep mac to an extent you know maybe a couple more that i may not know of and no disrespect but for older rap fans i'll go and say maybe those that are 25 and up maybe 25 to 30 or 25 to 35 right as i you know go through the rolodex in my head of noticeable rap deaths if you're somebody in that range, that 25 to 35, or better yet, 25 to 30, you got to understand, like, besides Nipsey and Mac to an extent, 
we really have an experience prominent rap deaths because we weren't old enough to understand what had happened. You, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, 25 to 30, right? So you got to think that's somebody born in 1993 to 1988 or 1989. If you're on the latter end of that age, the oldest you were when Pac and Biggie died was probably, what, anywhere between seven and nine years old. And even then, unless you were exposed to hip-hop at such a young age and you were groomed and you were kind of like an historian in the making, you wasn't understanding the, the, the severity of Pac and Biggie's passings. You dig what I'm saying? Like, I definitely don't. Because I was only three years old when both of them died. Again, I was born in 93, May of 93. Pac passed away in September of 96. I was three. Biggie died in March of 97. I was still three. Now, as I got older, I understood the severities of their passings and what into it. You know, because I've said on the show multiple times. Like, I did a lot of research when it came to the Pac and Biggie you know, murders in the West Coast, in the East Coast, West Coast beast to where if I wanted to come out with a freaking documentary or something, I feel like I could and do a pretty good job because I did so much research of it. But to get back to the main point, it's still a matter of I wasn't able to relate to that, you know, like even if you incorporate R&B now, right, because folks think hip hop and R&B when the great Aaliyah passed away, I was only eight. I was only eight. Like, I remember Watching MTV News, uh, you know, if you lived in New York and you had that cable vision or whatever, you know, MTV was Channel 53. And I forgot that dude's name, but he was like a very prominent figure of uh, MTV's reporting back in the day. Not 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 Sway. He was a white guy, a slightly older white guy, whatever. But he reported it. I remember my mom breaking down because my mom loved to live. My dad uh, comforting her and me just like, damn, what happened? Oh, wow, she died. Like. For me, death wasn't really becoming a thing in rap until really the 2010s. And it was definitely the first few years of this past decade where as a rap fan and as I'm older, you know what I'm saying? You're talking about I began this decade as a 16-year-old and I'm finishing as a 26-year-old man. 2010 to 2015 was like a crazy year in regards to the rap deaths. But it was still different because a lot of the rap depths, and let me say this too, by the way, let me preface my statement. I don't say this to lessen the depths of the young men that lost their lives. Like, there's no ranking depths at all. That's not me. I'm not that nasty. I would never do that. But the depths that I saw in the first handful of years of this decade, it wasn't prominent depths. There were depths of upcoming acts that some of us may or may not have known, right? Like, if you think back to it, a lot of deaths in hip-hop around 2010 to 2015 were coming from places like Chicago, were coming from Atlanta, were coming from other parts of the South, like the New Orleans, were coming from California, where, again, it was a lot of upcoming acts that some of us may have known of that were unfortunately taken away from us by the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like those kind of deaths, like... I could think of like again like a LA Capone from Chicago to Dalla from Cali to Doughboy from uh, New Orleans. I think that was his name, Doughboy or Doughboy, like from uh, not from New Orleans, from Alabama. 
to a lot of the uh, Atlanta cats just dying. Bankroll fresh. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of guys like that that were up and coming acts that to an extent as a hip-hop culture we knew or we didn't knew at all. And then we wake up in the morning on a timeline and then you hear, damn, so-and-so died. Right? It wasn't to an extent of Pac and Biggie. It wasn't to the extent that we've had of Nipsey, Mac, right? Again, I'm still talking to that age group, that 25 to 30-year-old age group and maybe even 35 years old to an extent, even though if it's 35, they certainly saw their share of noticeable deaths, right? Because you think 35, we're in 2019, they were born in 84, Pac and Biggie and them died, they were anywhere between 11 and 13, then they saw Big Pun die, then they saw Big L, then they saw uh, Proof, you know, from uh, from from uh, from Eminem's crew, the D12, and I'm sorry if I get the name wrong, they, they at that age, 35, they definitely could say like, yo, we seen a lot of big cats pass away. Folks in that twenty-five to thirty-eight year, uh, year, uh, year, uh, year range. Excuse me, I apologize for that stutter. We don't know that. We just saw a lot of upcoming acts pass away. Little Snoop, God rest his soul. Chinks, God rest his soul. We saw a bunch of that, right? Nipsey and Mac hit us hard because it was like, yo, these are prominent figures that were in our lives that just gone. They're not coming back. You know. So that's why I say all of that to say, man, just let's not use death, especially of these talented artists that contributed so much to our culture to push an agenda. Let's not do that. Let's not use these deaths as something to try to make fun of another fan base or to get your stuff off or to try to push a false narrative. It's way bigger than that. This could be one of those moments where folks can really come together. Like I already said. For older folks, understanding how to sympathize with the younger fans. Because we haven't lost as much prominent, big-time rap figures like they have. Especially if you're around my age to up to 30. We got close. Remember that that time period? And it, was, and it was over this past decade, too. But you remember that time period where we almost lost Wayne and Ross to, like, seizures? You remember that? And, and, and it was, like, for real, for real, like... They were about to go to the next part of their lives, bro. They were about to transition. And they were saved. Like, that was the closest we got. Like, we almost lost Wayne. We almost lost Raw. So, when you think about it from that point, how we almost did, but we didn't. But yet, these younger fans are losing on the acts that are making the music that shape their lives. That are saving their lives. That are giving them purpose. That are just doing whatever it is. Just be able to sympathize with them. And before I move on, once again, if there's anybody that's younger that's out there that's trying to speak, that's trying to do something right, we should be championing them. This is not the time for jokes. This is not the time for you to get your opinion off, to create whatever narrative you want to create. That's nasty. Nasty. This is a moment for us as hip-hop culture to come together and to simply put champion those who are trying to make a change while also making a change ourselves. But I say all of that to say, once again, Juice World, we love and we miss you. Arden, myself, I'm certainly going to miss you. Juice World really became one of my favorite artists of the last couple years. I just saw Juice World at Rolling Loud, New York, and I enjoyed his set. This was somebody whose music I really, really rocked with. For real. Death Race for Love, one of my favorite projects from this past year. I played that in rotation. 
Mace, he motions, feeling, uh, goddamn flaws and sins. I was bumping that. I was bumping that. That was my guy. The project that he made with uh with Future. That was my joint. World on Drugs. That was my joint. I was just playing that record to start the show. Other than playing Mace from his last album, I was just playing Shorty from the Future rec Future tape that he put out. For real, we gonna love him as Juice World, man. I promise you. This was this was a devastating loss for all of hip hop. For real, please believe that. But but to move on, because like I told you guys at the beginning of the show, this is a mini show. Not a lot for me to talk about, nor do I uh, want to. Um, Lizzo being on the news uh, for showing up to the Laker game uh, with her ass cheeks out, twerking on the camera, you know, in the arena, by the way, like twerking on the scoreboard camera, right, when it showed her. Uh, and a lot of people had a lot of different takes on this, right? And, and of course, also on social media, a lot of folks would say what they want to say and make jokes. To me, I would say the biggest takeaway from this is understanding folks don't know how to act when they get some fame, yo. That's my biggest takeaway. I know there was a lot of takes and folks wanted to make it about uh, folks being fatophobic or whatever and dissing whoever that are different sizes or black or whatever. Look, I get that, but that's way too easy of a thing to latch on to. I don't really think that was the biggest takeaway from it, right? Because folks that want to act stupid and go, oh, what if Rihanna or whoever else did it and they were weren't as big as Lizzo? Listen, Rihanna and them wouldn't have done that. They wouldn't have gone to a basketball game, a basketball game, and dressed like that, bro. Like, they just wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't have done it. And it's not like Lizzo got shamed because, oh, she was just fat wearing that. A lot of skinny chicks, a lot of skinny, thick chicks, whatever kind of chicks, whatever you think of, bro. They were made fun of, too. Drea got made fun of. Isaiah Banks got made fun of. Anybody who decides to wear their ass cheeks out in an environment where ass cheeks aren't supposed to be out will be made fun of. It doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter the color. For real. It really doesn't matter. It, and I'll say it again, if you're wearing your ass cheeks out in an environment where your ass cheeks aren't supposed to be out, you will be made fun of, right? And I, and I forgot who I was listening to this week that said a great point about uh, today's times, yo, our generation with everything about being free and having the right to do whatever you want. Folks, you got to understand, yes, you have the right to be free. Yes, you can do whatever you want. But just because you have that right doesn't mean you're supposed to utilize it like that. There's something called time and place. There's something else called common sense, right? Just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean, oh, it is right to do it. I'm getting sick and tired of that too, bro. If folks just want to misutilize what it means to be free and to have free will to do a bunch of that stuff. <laughs> like, stop it. Yes, we have that salute, but common sense and time and place tells you when and when not to do something and for lizzo at least for me it's, it ain't about her size because lizzo look lizzo is, a, is is an attractive woman point blank period she's an attractive woman she's definitely isn't ugly to me lizzo would still be attractive even if she was skinnier but for somebody her size she is attractive 
And a lot of people will feel that way. Right? Like, let's just be honest. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it a buck. But what she did was so inappropriate. Like, come on. Like, don't do that. Not at a basketball game. I know that you twerk everywhere and you're proud of your body. Rightfully so, beloved. Do that. But understand there are various ways for you to get that off without having to show your ass cheeks off. <laughs> Point blank, period, man. Uh, what else is on the docket? That's all I got to say. Um, billboard counting YouTube views as a part of the streams. I saw this yesterday from United Masters. Salute to them. Um, billboard, I think they said beginning next month, right? So 2020 will begin counting YouTube views as a part of the streams. Uh, when I read that, of course, I thought like, oh, this, this is going to change the game, right? Because there's a bunch of people that are the kings and queens of YouTube, right? And it's not just the folks who you think it is, right? There's a lot of folks that wouldn't do great or aren't doing great on billboards and, and, and other charts, but they rule YouTube, right? Because people use YouTube, people use the internet. But the more I thought about, okay, what could have necessarily changed in regards to streaming and placing and, and, and certifications, I don't really think not much because it's really on Billboard to look at the YouTube views and they will have to account it. They will have to account for it the same way they do with Apple Music, with Spotify and Tidal as a streaming service. So if you do it that way, then you need to then you need to do the same thing with YouTube. Now, of course, it's gonna help certain artists, right? Because certain artists, like I said, they're they're really great at utilizing YouTube, right? Regardless if it's them getting genuine views, which we know a lot of them don't, whether it's their fan base actually watching uh, most of the video, commenting, sharing, right? Uh, Tory Lanez had a great point about that and in his interview with Joe Budden. I, and I really recommend you guys checking it out. It's, uh, Joe Budden has... You know, outside of the Joe Budden podcast and outside of State of the Culture, he has a his, he has his own interview series called The Pull Up, and Tory Lanez was on it, and I think this came out maybe earlier this month to late November, and Tory Lanez, uh, explained how he went on a trip to YouTube, right? He was at the YouTube headquarters, and they're showing him a bunch of these stats, and then they're showing him the stats for the artists when it comes to artists and the videos and views and stuff, right? He ended up being, what, in the top three? I don't know if it was in general or maybe just hip-hop with uh, NBA Youngboy and Lil Dirt. And then he goes on to explain how, you know, for a while, YouTube can't really figure out whether or not the numbers are real for a lot of these videos for a lot of artists. They're still able to see the engagement. And they see the fact that Tory ranked very high in regards to legitimate engagement. And they saw the fact that Tory was also a part of a very small group of artists who, instead of being the artists whose view videos are only watched by people for only 35 to 48 seconds, these folks watch their entire videos for the most part between like two minutes and like two and a half minutes, something like that. So I say all of that to say, when you have all of that, it's really best for Billboard just to count it as like another streaming service that adds to the numbers, right? So it may do something, it may add a little more to artists. It may help boost them up the charts. But it shouldn't be like this absolute big game changer to where suddenly, and this is no disrespect, to where if, to where if NBA Youngboy or Lil Durk or whoever rules YouTube, 
gets these big numbers and they drop a project, it shouldn't just shoot them up the charts. Like, account for it properly, you know? But it's great for them. And I think for artists, you should be happy. Again, this is something else that can help your case along the way because it leads to what is the most important chart of them all. The Billboard charts are the most important charts that there are in music in regards to where your album stands, to the weekly song charts, to whatever the case may be, even in the different genres slash subgenres that, uh, that it, you know, that it overlooks. So that's all I got on it. And before I wrap up the show, uh, I want to give a huge shout out to the Duce Palooza team. Those guys sold out the Barclays Center last night for their latest Duce Palooza event. Um, their, their journey is inspiring to watch, man. For real, for real. Like, obviously, I know of Rory, you know, because, again, I listen to the Joe Budden podcast and, and things like that. But to see what they've been able to do, right, from what started off as just a regular day party and then they were able to get a team together and they stuck with it and they just built and they were consistent and they only elevated and they did this, that, and the third. It's very inspiring, especially for, you know, with what we're trying to do with Foresight because next year without giving it all away. Next year, we're definitely trying to jump into the event game and have our own event. So to see how they've been building in that department, along with other things, has been excellent. So huge shout-out to Duce Palooza for uh, selling out Barclays Center last night. That is very, very impressive for a party or any event to do so. But uh, but besides that, yeah, that's it. That's episode 101 of the Foresight Podcast. Arden signing off from The Crib, mini Minnesota edition. Um, again, make sure you're following us on social media at Foresight Pod. Make sure you're checking us out any and everywhere that we're available. So that's Apple Podcasts, that is Spotify, that is SoundCloud, that is YouTube, and that is also medium.com slash at Rights. Next weekend, we're going to have a very great episode. It could be our last episode of 2020. We shall see. But either way, we're going to do our end of the year recap next uh, next weekend with some special guests. It's going to be a special kind of show for us. It's going to be a lot of fun as we look back at this past year. And that's simply that. For the guys up top, for the guys down low, you already know how we rocking, man. Ah, ah, ah. See you next week.